Welcome to We Belong. I'm John, and I'm forcing my friend Nelson, who doesn't like anime, to watch and discuss different anime. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm John. I've got my friend Nelson here. That's me. Yeah, it's you. We are watching Jujutsu Kaisen. This is Weeb Along. So we are watching Jujutsu Kaisen, then discussing it afterwards, episode arc by episode arc. This is episode six. Thanks so much for coming back. We've uh, got some pretty good responses from the first couple of episodes coming out, and we are excited for this to keep going and growing. But I guess we can just get right into it. We'll start up with episode eight. 18. This week we did 18 through 21, which is the ending of the Kyoto Exchange arc. So at episode 18, we get some of Kamo and Fushiguro fighting. Then Hanami makes herself known to Inamaki, who runs into Fushiguro and Kamo, ending their fight together, and they start to face off against this new foe, uniting them against that. Uh, while that happens, the adults and Gojo sort of figure out that something's up and they head over as a veil gets dropped. And everyone runs inside while Gojo stays outside to try to break the veil. And that is how episode 18 goes. So we'll go back to the beginning. It opens up sort of with a lot of action. We get some Fushiguro in Kamo fighting. It's cool. Kamo has like these arrows that go after Fushiguro. He has this whole blood technique where if he has a little bit of his blood on the arrows, he can control wherever they go. So it's almost like Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy being able to just move that arrow around wherever he so pleases. What did you think of Kamo right off the bat with all of his little techniques that he starts doing with all the almost like blood bending stuff? I thought it was pretty sick, um, mm-hmm. even for a character who I really thoroughly at the moment do not enjoy. Yeah, uh, it was it was pretty cool. The heat seeking arrows going after Fushiguro, I feel like is kind of cheating, but a little bit, but he's not exactly Hawkeye. He's not exactly Hawkeye, but everybody does have like magic. So it makes sense, but it just seems wild to me that like, okay, he's got a bow. I wonder if he like is Hawkeye. He shoots them. They explode. He can hit it from, you know, 400 (laughs) yards on a beautiful shot. But instead, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it just it's a heat seeker, man. Uh, And he also I know that he he's able to control his red blood cells and everything so he can enhance his own strength and everything. There's a part where he goes up and he punches at Fushiguro, who holds up Tanfa's in front of himself. And he actually breaks the Tanfa's just from punching it. So it's. Cool that he can manipulate all of his as well. I think he's like, everything is mine to command, uh, which he's also from a noble household. So he's very classist, uh, (laughs) as you can tell. A little bit. Again, very much like Neji from Naruto when you get to him. So many like one for one similarities with that character as well. However, I do need to bring something up because at no Mm. point have you mentioned it. And I'm going to be honest, John, it, it disappoints me. Yeah. The song. Which song? I'm useless. I've lost my sword. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, after they fight for a little bit, we get to see Miwa. No, that's how it, that's how the episode starts. Does it? Isn't it? Oh, it's just that it's after the it's after the opening credits. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Damn, I just could not wait to talk about my girl. 
you like Miwa? Uh, you know, not really, but the song was incredible. Yeah, no, she does this little like, I'm useless Miwa, I don't have my sword. And your reaction while we were watching it was just... This is the cutest shit I've ever seen in my life. So I think that we might have made a fan out of you towards Miwa just a tiny bit. Just a skosh. A skosh. But then she takes a nap. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, she picks up the phone and in the last episode... When Panda beats Mekamaru, he takes Mekamaru's phone and then gives it to Inomaki. Inomaki calls Miwa and just speaks his curse speech over the phone, telling her to go to sleep. And she passes the fuck out. And that is where she is for the rest of the exchange event. <laughs> <laughs> so everything pops off around her and she's just sleeping the whole time. Out like a it's light. Cute. But uh, we do get to see son of Inomaki doing some stuff. He's sort of off on his own looking for the special grade cursed spirit while the other members of both of the high schools are duking it out. He's prioritizing the, you know, the actual objective of the whole thing. Of the entire event. The goal. Yeah. As he's hunting around, we get a little flashback to the principal. He shows Kamo what the spirit looks like, how it's been trained to hide unless... It is Kamo or people from the Kyoto school. And then he makes himself known, which, you know, cheating, first of all. But uh, I think that he really just wants their main focus to not be on the spirit more to just be like, hey, kill Itadori. Yeah. Like, make sure he does not make it out of this. Uh, we got a little bit of that. And then Hanami pops up. We see that same special grade curse spirit poke its head out from the tree. Uh, and it starts moving out. It looks a little creepy. It was spooky. Yeah, it drops down to the ground, rolls towards Inumaki, and then Hanami comes out from around the corner. And your reaction to that? Oh, oh no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on now. Yeah, a little spooky. Well, I mean, yeah, it's the it's the equivalent of like playing freshman football and you're the running back and you look across the line and it's Ray Lewis. Like, <laughs> I understand, like, I'm I'm going to go up against some tough people, but that shouldn't be the case. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, she just rolls up and instantly shit hits the fan. Uh, you can tell that they're going to face off, but it goes back to Fushiguro and Kamo. We get a little bit of Kamo's backstory about how he is from this clan and he's always, like, fought and tried to go harder and stronger uh, because of his mom's situation. He started talking about her and as he was admitting that she is a concubine and not from the main family, and that's why she's not proper. You immediately picked right up on it with because your mom's a skank. Hey, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> you do it right away. It, you know, it just kind of fit. It really did. He's the child of a concubine to the main member of the Zenin clan, who I believe, which I mean, Maki and Mai Zenin, the main family uh, or his main wife does not have a son to succeed him. So he goes to the concub uh, concubine. <laughs> that, yeah, the concubine uh, <laughs> that produces the first true heir of being, you know, born with a penis. And that just help, happens to be Kamo. What a uh, what a birthright! Just having a dick. Yeah, just having a dick. That's the uh, the bare minimum. Then they start fighting it out more. Uh, 
Kamo opens his one of his eyes and you can tell he's like starting to try hard. Fushiguro starts glowing with this cursed energy like we saw when Sukuna got super excited to go up against him where his whole body started just glowing and you watch him sort of focus in. He starts with his Shikigami doing a whole bunch of different things. He gets the frogs uh, distracting him and as he distracts Kamo, he then uses a new Shinigami, the the Heffalump, yes. Yes, the Heffalump. The Heffalump and the Woozles. And Woozles, who lets this huge blast of water just like rip and it shoots him out of the hallway, through the wall, into the air. He then has his other Shinigami, Nue, uh, electrify him while he's in the air. And as he's falling down to the ground and they're about to, you know, duke it out is when the ground sort of explodes nearby. And that's where Inamaki and Hanami pop up to, you know, fuck shit up what was your uh impression on fushiguro's sort of progression of his skills a little bit with doing a little bit more unhinged with the smiling as he goes into the fight with then summoning the elephant i was very happy to see a new critter appear yeah <laughs> we love a critter we love a good critter uh him sending not neji mm-hmm. whose name i will never remember Kamo. That's the one. That's right, Kamo. We went over this right before we started recording, and I, you know, in one ear and out the same ear. Yep. <laughs> and goes right over all those non-existent wrinkles. Oh yeah, Always good. not a <laughs> not a lump on the on the old brain. But it blasting him through the wall, of course, made sense. The wall was not reinforced. Makes Correct. it easy if we've mm-hmm. learned anything from all of this. Absolutely, the weedies and everything. The weedies and everything. But all the all the roots coming out of the ground and just going after him. I loved the oh shit moment. Yeah. As everything kind of kicked off. I think the part that really like sells it to me for oh, this is gonna be tough is when Inumaki uses his curse speech on his allies. And yeah, to just them run, to away. run away. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit's bad. Yeah, this is uh <laughs> not good. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Inumaki, so OP. He's great. I feel like cursed speech in general is probably just pretty OP. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can literally just say something and, and they have happens. to do it. Yeah, because the only way to get around it was what having cursed energy around your ears at all time. Yeah, essentially like cursed energy earmuffs. Yeah, that seems like a lot of work. A tiny bit. <laughs> like a lot of work. Yeah, especially if you're not used to focusing on it while also trying to fight people as well. Or, you know, answering a cell phone. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Catch you off guard. From a known number. Yeah. Uh, So as that happens, everything gets uh, excised in the area and all the different tags that are in sort of like the war room that all the adults are watching for go up in flames. And they sort of like, hmm, you know, Things probably aren't doing too well there. And so Utahime and Gojo and the principal of the Kyoto school all head out to go check up on how everything is happening. And as they're running towards them, they watch as this veil goes down. You see the other cursed spirits and like Mahito's there as well. And then this guy who has this fascination with making, uh, you know, he just wants a coat rack. Just wants a coat rack. That's all he's here uh, for. And then later he wants like a wallet and stuff like that made out of people's skin. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the wallet. Mm-hmm. A little Buffalo Bill. It's always good. Shout out to Josh Allen. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They get to the veil. Gojo holds back with uh, Utahime and the principal, and then they get to it, and then they find out that it is a veil specifically designed to keep Gojo out. Anyone else can go right on in except for him. So you know what we call that. A no-go Gojo? I, w- I was going to go with a, G- a Gojo no-go. Oh, Okay, that works too. But hey, I mean, I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> Listen, the alliteration was there. It's always good. We shared a brain cell from, you mm-hmm. know, seven states away. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and now it's fizzled out into the existence of gone. Uh, gone, gone forever. It's gone. It got it got caught somewhere <laughs> in South Carolina. It's uh at south of the border, hanging out with a giant sombrero that, and everything. That is in fact <laughs> where brain cells go to die. This is this is true. I fucking hate south of the border. <laughs> Shout out to anyone who has made that drive oh my from God. down the east coast along ninety five. You get and so excited to go there, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, cool! There's a fireworks store." No, uh-huh. every store is a fireworks store, and if it's not that, it's got a bunch of liquor to make you forget you're at south of the border. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good marketing scheme. You can go up into the sombrero, I believe. Oh, you can. It's like the Eiffel Tower, at King's Dominion. Yeah, but shittier. <laughs> you get to see the traffic on 95. Ooh, 95. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Is that a traffic jam? On oh, 95 couldn't be. Never. So it's a it's a no-go Gojo barrier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so he tells Utahime and the principal to go inside while he tries to figure out the veil from the outside. As soon as they get in, they see Mr. Coat Rack guy and he makes himself known. Principal tells Utahime to keep on going and that he's got this. And you see him drop the case that he's been carrying and it goes to him holding this freaking electric guitar. And this was your reaction. Ready for this shit? I don't know if I am. Violin. Oh, no fucking way. (laughs) No fucking way. What? Old man shreds. You know the close-up of the guitar. Yeah, at the end of the opening, and then it goes in rewind. That's Gramps. Oh my god! What a baller! What an absolute what a baller! <laughs> I've been excited for you to see this part because, uh, little known fact, Nelson is super into heavy metal and uh, deathcore stuff. So knowing that there is going to be an old character with an electric guitar, just completely jamming out at one point i knew that you were gonna have that reaction i've been looking forward to it (laughs) well the the best part of it is i think i called him in the last episode we did i think i called him david draymond yep (laughs) (laughs) who who, for those who don't know is the lead singer for disturbed little did you know little did i know is that the thing you were like pay attention in the opening uh no well okay now that now that we've basically seen everything in the opening are you gonna tell me what specific thing you were waiting for me Uh, when we get to it yes we're not even there yet no, we are. It's just we're not in the in the podcast episode. Oh, I was going to say, I'm like, homie, I feel like I've seen it all. I'm just going to keep on telling you. So you have to watch it super intensely. Oh, my God. That'd be that would be <laughs> so fucking brutal. <laughs> You're welcome. But so they start just squaring up and everything. Utohime runs off. Uh, and then we go back to Inumaki and uh, Kama and Fushiguro who try to attack Hanami and all of their attacks do jack shit. Not a thing. Nothing phases her. We keep saying her. Yes, her. 
Is it a girl? Um, I think so. It's supposed to be the cursed spirit of nature. The voice actress, or it's definitely a voice actress. Yeah. Uh, that's doing it, and I'm assuming it's along the lines of Mother Nature. So that's why I'm saying her. But technically, it's a cursed spirit, so it's non non gender specific. I think. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know how PC curses are while trying to kill people, but. <laughs> I think technically they can go either which way, but I'm pretty sure it's a voice actress, which is why I'm just saying her. Yeah, it makes makes it a little easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but she sort of speaks into their mind and lets them know her reasonings behind it of just like, I'm doing this because I believe that all humans essentially should be purged and that nature should return in full to the planet because it could be a beautiful place, but... There's so many people who are just fucking up the planet with ruining the ozone layer and all this other stuff. So the only way to fix it is just purge everything and hit that reset button. And to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, not wrong. No, no. It's kind of like like Thanos, where I watched uh, Infinity War for the first time and was like, you know what? I get it. Man has a point. I understand. Yeah. I mean, all the like Fushiguro. The amount of hairspray that he has to put in his hair is definitely the amount that all of them have to put in there. Because here's definitely taking a toll on the ozone. How does Gojo's (laughs) hair stand up so perfectly? But when he puts his little eye thing up or when he takes it down, it drops. He's using his infinity. That's why. Oh, thanks. Uh, At least that question was answered. Thank you. I got you. Yeah. Anytime. But uh, as she was describing why she's doing it, uh, this was your reaction. So my man's just an eco terrorist. It's the evil Captain Planet. Rad. Which I feel is a very succinct way of just laying it all out. But that's sort of where the episode ends. Uh, Episode 18 of them facing up against Hanami and realizing that they cannot do shit to her. Um, Then episode 19 picks up with uh, Hanami versus the three again, who don't do so well until Maki shows up to help out. That then turns the tide just a little bit, and Fushiguro gets to show a little bit more of the progression of his powers until Toto and Itadori show up. Uh, Once the others are away, Itadori squares up against Hanami as Toto coaches him from the sidelines, and after Itadori proves himself to Toto, he joins in and things get serious in the fight as they work together, and stuff really starts heating up, which I love. But back to the beginning, it opens up with them running away from Hanami because she is at OP. They have sort of this thing where they run, Inumaki says freeze, stops Hanami mid-attack, and then they take turns attacking her while she's frozen. And it works like a tiny bit, but it's sort of like, you know, putting a little bit of scotch tape over a giant freaking hole and being like i fixed it so it does not go well for them and they finally get back up to the roof uh after kamo has made a small dent he uses like this his ultimate technique and it just barely scratches hanami then they get up on the roof and as they're running away inamaki does a little bit more stuff but he goes to speak and he starts coughing up blood because he hits his limit prior to hanami hitting her limit what did you think of that i think it was a really good tactic that they had Mm -hmm. it's a shame that they couldn't hit harder but it also makes sense because these are only three people and none of them are the protagonist exactly 
so I get it. Uh, the part where, you know, Maki, have you ever seen those videos on like TikTok of somebody recording and it pans over to a baby and then the baby just like casually throws up? Yes. That's exactly (laughs) what it reminded me of. Because the camera just pans to him and he just, but a little, like (laughs) just a little fountain of blood falls out. Just right out of his mouth. And everyone's just kind of like, oh, Mm -hmm. you got to clean that up. Cool thing that happens in the background leading up to that as well (laughs) is in the beginning of the episode when they're running away, you can see Inamaki is chugging this like throat medicine almost like a cough syrup type thing as they're running and you're like oh he's getting a little bit of wear and tear already because i mean he does he uses his cursed speech technique a couple of times once he shows up but who knows how many times he's had to use it in his run from in the middle of the woods back to the campus to then link up with kamo and fushiguro as well yeah uh this dude chugging Dayquil on his way to fight a god. <laughs> the god of nature. Me when I have to go to work in the morning during allergy season. But he he was pretty baller with it, though, because right after he throws up and his whole thing. Yeah. He goes again. He like muscles through it. Yeah. He, yeah. he says, run it. Mm-hmm. Like Fushiguro goes to be like, oh, I'm a step up. And then Inamaki's like, nah, nah, I got this one more time. And then he tells him, blow away. Or something yeah, like that. Away. Yeah. And then Hanami goes shooting off into the building, which my reaction to that was, hey, fuck. Team Rocket's yeah. blasting off again. I don't understand that reference. Uh, you can't yell Pokemon stuff at me. You sheltered individual. Yes. Are we at some point going to watch Pokemon? Because people are starting to watch it at work. Oh, and they are? Yeah. The. The girl who does our our check-ins in the back who handles our deliveries, uh, every time I go back there to check on, like, stock, she's like, hey, you should come watch this. And I'm like, what am I watching? She goes, Pokemon. But she'll be on, like, I I don't even know how many seasons there are or whatever, but it looks relatively far. And she's like, you can just pick up from here. You've you've seen it, right? And, like, her and the bosses are talking about it. And I'm like, la, 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 I don't want to know. He essentially does the same story arc. Just consistently oh really yeah it's just like the games you know i didn't uh, play he, them i wasn't allowed to uh, i've never not played even the games dude, i wasn't allowed to do anything anime related but not everyone thing. played the games not me dude i was sitting in catholic school that we didn't have that yeah the nuns said no pokemon for you they pretty much did <laughs> they said gotta catch them all but gotta catch this ruler on your knuckles Heard. They only did that twice. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm kidding. They didn't do that at all. That's not a. That's not a thing. Yes. Uh, well, but yeah, no, I wasn't allowed to touch any of it. I remember. Were you allowed being, to at least get like a trading card or two or anything like no, that? Nothing. No, I wasn't even allowed to do that. So what I was about wow. to say actually links up with that perfectly. I still remember trading away like parts of my snack to a kid at snack time. And he would give me like a random Pokemon card. Yeah. And it took me years to realize that the ones he was giving me were like the the, the shitty ones. Not even just the shitty ones. Aren't there like because uh, I've played There's like trainer cards and stuff like that as well. Yeah, I've played Magic the Gathering. And for that, it's essentially like a utility card or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like Magic has land cards. So it was like the Pokemon version of that where it's just a picture of the energy thing. 
<laughs> and he gave like, you the shittiest. Dude, that's all, that's all he was giving me. And I was like, whoa. You got fucking swindled, bud. I got mad swindled. And Andrew, <laughs> if you ever listen to this, fuck you. you you owe my guy at least a shiny lapras or something like that i know i haven't talked to you in literally 20 years but eat shit (laughs) (laughs) but i was i was i was so hyped thinking i was getting like cool stuff and the worst part is i would come home and one day i was like sitting in my room like looking at them being like oh my god these are so cool and my mom came in saw them and threw them away oh my god (laughs) yeah she was like you shouldn't have these and she she tied you to a chair and just fed each one through the shredder in front of you (laughs) i mean it that might as well have been what it was it sure felt like it yeah i was like hey can i get this game everyone's playing it like i had my game boy advance and she was like Mm -hmm. no that that oh god what was it what's the word i'm looking for it it like makes animal cruelty look good oh god (laughs) yeah that was like i guess her reasoning i think my dad's reasoning was it's just stupid wow yeah no i remember uh being itty bitty with my game boy and you're still saving up listen growing up saving up my allowance to go to the store i think my first one i got was ire red and it had charizard and everything it was dope and i played the shit out of it i remember staying up and my mom would come in and do like a little bed check type thing and i would fake being asleep while the game boy was just under the pillow, you know, under the pillow. boy <laughs> i play uh super bomber man mm-hmm. <laughs> like that uh i love it childhood slightly different from yours yeah, only a little bit just a, just a scotch a yeah, scotch it, it all makes sense now the wildest part about any of this is the fact that i wasn't allowed to play like pokemon because it, it embellished uh animal cruelty i wasn't allowed to watch the shows because it might warp my mind when i was nine years old on xbox they bought me a game called conflict desert storm <laughs> where you are lighting up people during during the gulf war <laughs> and it was it was rated t it was blood you were blowing you know what's up. child friendly some war crimes <laughs> like i i got bored a couple weeks ago and watched a gameplay clip from that and i was like why the fuck did i get to do this but pikachu was off limits <laughs> dear god <laughs> it was absurd <laughs> but uh yeah very different upbringings just a tiny bit i wasn't allowed to have nerf guns but oh, i had parents... so many of those <laughs> i had all of them i guess i know I my wife and i now have a full arsenal i have made up for it uh, a boy and now here i am watching anime <laughs> yes you're welcome full circle uh, but speaking of which i guess getting back to anime oh um, no i want to after... bitch more about my childhood <laughs> we got plenty more episodes sir thank god uh, <laughs> um after itamaki makes what is her name hanami blast off into the side of the building Fushiguro then jumps up and Maki shows up as well. They sort of go to blows with Hanami sort of trading off with different things. And then Fushiguro pulls from like his little shadow realm. Uh, He can also store different weapons in that same like cursed domain type thing. So he reaches down into the ground and then he pulls out this uh, special grade cursed weapon 
which is a three-part staff that has like chain links in between it. And it's supposed to be like the most powerful fucking thing. I think that she says that it's worth $4 billion. Correct. And I love because as soon as this happens, uh, you probably don't remember it. But back when we first meet Maki and Panda and them, back when Itadori's training, watching the movies and everything, Fushiguro talks uh, about something that he says that he has an idea and he's like sort of touching the ground and his fingers sort of go into it a little bit. And that is teasing this, you know, about 10 episodes later down the line. Yeah, I have zero memory of that. Yeah, no, I figured I got those wrinkles. Don't you worry. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's that brain still that brain still see how bad it is. That brain uh-huh. cell is still at south of the border. Yeah, no, it's still getting fucked up on margaritas. Uh, but yeah, the special grade curse item actually does some work. Maki hits this curse spirit and it goes flying again down into the woods. Fushiguro sort of breaks down his Shinigami thing where when one gets destroyed, the energy from that still sort of like goes into this other thing. So he can't ever call on anything that's been completely destroyed like the one dog was, but he can use it as almost like the next generation. And so he combines uh, but both the black and the white dog into this uh, sort of wolf beast thing called totality. And that shows up and it actually takes a chunk out of Hanami's arm. So it's cool to see how he's adapting over time. And I'm very interested to see as the seasons go on, what else he does summon and what different combinations he can make. Cause I know, I think new got punched through by Hanami. So I don't know if new is summonable again, so it'd be very cool to see like uh, the frogs with like the electric power that Nue had where they just have like electric tongues and shit, uh, <laughs> like a frog taser. I would love to see that. <laughs> I like how you said two things there, which was electric frog, which sounds like it'd be a really good funk band. <laughs> and what was the other one? It was like tongue taser uh, a frog taser frog taser yeah that's a frog sol- tongue taser frog tongue taser that's a solid punk band but <laughs> no ele- electric frogs would be rad uh yeah it's like a poison dart frog but uh a little more shocking but um i'll see i'll see myself out <laughs> yeah but i'm very excited to see what they do with fushiguro in the coming seasons and everything like that because in this next arc that we're going to watch, you see him grow even more. And it's going to be, I'm very excited for you to see more of Fushiguro. Because I feel like the next arc is really for him and Nobara to be like, hey, we know that we sort of like, they're there, but they're sort of on the sidelines. Uh, in the next three episodes that we watch, they get a little bit more focused on and doing some more cool shit. Nice, because it's really cool seeing him grow. Because he's definitely gotten better from the, the earlier episodes. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's gone from the whole Sasuke angsty vibe to like he still has that angst, but he's also, you know, got his morals and not a complete dipshit uh, like Sasuke is. I'm oh God, I'm not I'm not excited. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. Don't you worry about it. I think that we're going to do Jujutsu Kaisen and then we're going to do another show and then we're going to start some Naruto. So we'll ease you into it a little bit. Don't you worry. Uh, yeah. 
But anyway, Maki and Megami show up to fight with Hanami. As that happens, she's sort of like, oh, I'm not doing too great. This stuff is sort of having an effect on me. Shoots out these sort of like bullets and they root themselves in Fushiguro's chest and start growing out of him. And she reveals that the more cursed energy that he uses, the faster that they grow. And as they grow, it kills him. So they sort of hit their point of like, oh, shit, we're fucked. And then Maki gets grabbed by these vines by Hanami and is about to be squeezed. And Fushiguro's like, I've got this. And then she's like, no, no, you've done what we need to do. And then as she says that, Toto and Itadori come out of the sky, superhero landing and everything. And then they swear up to Hanami as Fushiguro and Maki get sort of evacuated out as Panda carries them away from the whole fight and everything. That's because Panda is a saint. He absolutely is. He yells like, Pandash, as he runs away. And it's the cutest <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah Itadori. What? Yeah? No, let me speak. Let you speak. Let me speak. Do it. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I got there. Uh, kind of. The fuck. Why am I forgetting her name? Not Hanji. Maki? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maki just beating the ever loving shit out of Hanami was so perfect. Yeah. It was so satisfying. Like nunchuck staff thing. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know what that thing's called, but. And I don't think I would be very effective with one, but she was. And that's what counts. Very effective. Very effective. Not to make a Pokemon reference again, but super effective. That one I understand. I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't allowed to play Halo either. The (laughs) dear God, Fushiguro having the shit growing out of his stomach. Yeah, that was weird yeah looking like the piranha plants from mario the piranha plants they're eating his tummy bro Mm -hmm. it's weird but so was was maki just like fully preparing for death is that what was happening and they were saved or did she know it was coming i didn't really uh she knew that they were coming okay i couldn't really like piece that one together it kind of just seemed like a uh no 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 we we did what we needed to do Uh uh-huh we bought them time and now we can die. We can die with purpose. Yeah. No, that's what it felt like to me. Oh, heard. So I was you know. like, uh, hold on a moment. <laughs> like, it's June pay all over again. No, oh, dude, don't <laughs> talk about June pay. I'm still sad. Itadori squares up with Hanami as everyone else is sort of rushed away. Toto takes to the sidelines, essentially be like, Hey, you got to prove that you're getting stronger. So I'm not going to help you. Unless you die, then I'll enter the fight. But I really want you to not die. And I just want to watch you become stronger. So I'm going to coach you from the sidelines. Uh, Itadori starts talking with Hanami and asks about Mahito. I believe he calls a humanoid cursed spirit with a patchwork face. And when he finds out that they're sort of like in cahoots, he pops into action. Uh, He starts getting a couple of blows in and Hanami is like, oh, this isn't horrible. Like... Ow, that hurts, but it's doable. It's not as bad as that cursed tool was. And then he sort of jumps back away from her to prepare himself for the next bout. And as he's preparing himself, Toto walks over and smacks him across the face for not using his full curse energy to its 100% capability. Uh, <laughs> what was your impression on Toto coaching him from the sidelines and smacking the shit out of Itadori? 
Toto is that coach that nobody realizes they need until they have him. The the whole aspect of, hey man, you're my best friend. Mm-hmm. Don't die because yeah. it'll make me sad. Am I going to prevent that? No, you you have to do it. Not up or shut up, essentially. Oh, absolutely. The he he kept up with it. He kept his word. Mm-hmm. And you know, Itadori gets fucking tossed and lands yeah. by Toto, and Toto basically calls a timeout and goes, "All right, man. Here's what you here's what you got to do. We got to think about what we've learned. Okay." Mm-hmm. We need to apply that. And now that he harps yeah. on like uh, anger being a trigger that a lot of jujitsu sorcerers use, but it's also a double edged sword because if you lie on it too much, then it can be your downfall as well. Uh, so Itadori takes a step forward, drools a little bit as he clears his mind, enters the zone, and then channels all of his cursed energy and punches. And it makes this thing called the Black Flash where it's essentially, uh, I think, all this energy from this void and everything from the sheer amount of cursed energy being put off is channeled into this blow that is super powerful. And Jujutsu Sorcerers can do it. It takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of energy. So later on, they discuss how like the maximum amount that can uh, that has been done in one day is by Nanami uh, glasses with the uh, white suit and everything from earlier. He did four back-to-back. But usually a curse or a uh, jujutsu sorcerer can only use it once or twice per day. So Itadori uses it for the first time. And then his body just starts glowing with this uh, curse energy, sort of like Fushiguro did when he was going up against Sukuna and then later for Kamo as well. And he sort of gets a glimpse as to being like, oh, this is what it's like to be fully at 100%. And this feels awesome. And Hanami goes flying back, I think loses a hand in which is an entire uh, arm, I believe. Yeah, uh, she has to expend curse energy to regrow that immediately. But what did you think of your first uh, Black Flash? So I'm still kind of confused about what it is. Is it just like a massive outpour of energy? It's like a a Falco punch. A what? Captain Falcon? Sure. Smash Bros? Come on. I didn't play Smash. Oh, my God. That one, I hate to say it, and people are going to get mad. That one was kind of by choice. <sighs> I was like, I think I played it once at a friend's house. I just, I was so bad at it that I didn't pick it back up. But as just for, like injustice, if you call down one more of those fucking meteors, I will never speak to you again. <laughs> I went and got uh, a drink while you beat my ass. Yeah, I used to uh, play as, I think it was Sinestro. It was Sinestro, because I can't even watch Green Lantern. I think it was like down and away, and I think B or something like that was he makes a meteor come out of the sky and just land. Uh, you can't block it. You can't, you can't really block it. I mean, you can roll out of the way and stuff. Not after, but if you hit them once, it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, a just spamming, cheating move, essentially. Uh, so, you know, when Nelson was being... Nelson and I felt like he needed to be put in his place. I, you know, <laughs> going to injustice and call some meteors down on his ass. <laughs> he had it coming. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> but the Black Flash was pretty cool. Uh, or as I'm going to call it, Wally West. Or A Train. Or A Train. Oh, A Train. Yeah, that's more lore accurate, I suppose. I got you. Um, Although Wally West in The Flash, CW's The Flash, CW's which you're a huge fan of. Yeah, massive um, fan. Love it. So good. Yeah. It. It was nice seeing Toto's face 
of just a proud dad yeah. after he did it because yeah he was going to he was really going to stay true to his word and yeah. it was it was a really like the two big things for him of like hey my best friend just did that as well as i get to be in the fight now it's just now dawning on me the whole like on the sideline and coaching thing and how he's trying to inspire Ichidori uh it's just giving me Ted Lasso vibes a little bit but not like Ted Lasso from the show but original Ted Lasso oh, from that bit <laughs> Yeah, when he made like the little shorts and everything. Yeah. And then he was like, uh, you gotta live. <laughs> it says live. Um <laughs> very much more that type of Ted Lasso energy. And yeah. it <laughs> that clicked in my brain. It made me very happy. A lot of serotonin happening right now. The except I wish it had been a little more Ted Lasso where he just flipped him off and gives him the bird. Yeah. <laughs> and it it was just really it was really cool. Uh, Itadori getting the you can kind of see the look on his face of like holy shit I did that and I'm gonna do it several more times yeah and then Hanami even has the reaction of like oh that was not fun uh did not enjoy that and then the arm that's been bandaged up finally lets that out and you realize it's this black arm that has like this rosebud up towards the shoulder and when that happens, Toto enters the fight, stands next to Itadori, and they sort of square up against. They have this little pose that they do, which is cool. And then Hanami starts making shit happen. Vines start going everywhere. We get some cool shots of them just like running very much like Tarzan going on the vines from uh, the lovely animated Disney movie is what it reminded me of. And as they're getting ready to go in on her, and they're like, we should sync up our timing because they're very much in the zone and on the same wavelength. She makes all this stuff disappear except for this ball that uh, she is standing on. They start falling. And as they're falling down, she's like, oh, I know what I can do. I'll attack them now while they're falling so they can't dodge it. And they immediately counter it by twisting their bodies to push off of each other's feet. Uh, it's just like feet? a... Yes, their feet their feats um, the tootsies. <laughs> the and I think that Itadori just goes ready brother or something like that yeah. and they're just so much on the same wavelength from here on out and it just makes me super super happy uh, <laughs> for now they're on the same yeah. yes well the amount of like TikTok sing, uh, things that I'll see of where it's like an apex clip or something like that is like you and your duo getting paired up and it's just like Itadori and Toto, and Toto doing their <laughs> it's great I love it every time but yeah they dodge the attack they make it down to the ground and as they hit the ground they start going in on Hanami I mean a little shot of Hanami talking with Mahito where he's like hey I think that you not to call you on your shit but I think that you lie a little bit you're allowed to enjoy fighting I feel like you don't think that you can but you're allowed to and Hanami seeing both Itadori and Toto rising to this level has her own moment of like, this is interesting. This is exciting. I want to know what's going to happen next. Sort of like how when Mahito was getting beat, like beat the shit out of him by uh, Itadori and Hanami has that same experience of like, this is getting interesting and starts to actually enjoy the fight. And that's where the episode ends. I guess we can just go right into episode 20 from there. Did you have anything that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, so I kind of want to talk about the unveiling of the arm. Okay, cool. Because JJK, it, it hears me. Yes. It knows what I don't like. Mm -hmm. And what was in that rose? 
good sir? Later on when she charges it up. Was that on the charge up? I thought that was on the unveiling. Nah, it's later on the charge up. Ben, we'll cut this. <laughs> Ready, brother. Ready, brother. Episode 20, brother. Episode 20, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so episode 20, we start off with some insight into Toto. through a little backstory and how his brain works. Uh, then we get to see his technique in full effect as he continues to fight against Hanami. Uh, while things heat up there, Gojo breaks the veil, making the bad guys leave and releases some true power, thus making the whole attack on the Tokyo school end, which ends the episode as well. So we'll start off at the beginning. It starts off with a flashback of Toto as I think he's a, a third, third grader. grader. Yeah. And he beats the shit out of a junior in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and he he was like, that wasn't fun. Yeah. He was like, he was a lame person. So it makes sense that it was lame trying to uh, beat him as well. He didn't even know his taste in women. Yeah. And then as he's sulking, this uh, very much looker of a lady uh, with a bicycle calls a out motorcycle. to him. And, yeah. Yells out to him and asks his taste of women, which I think just gears him up and gives him his whole thing for the rest of his life. Uh, that is now his personality. Which, and I said it when we watched the episode, what is she doing asking that to a third grader? You know, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's a little weird. A little weird. I thought and I think that she's the one who like gets him into Jujutsu Sorcery, but I don't know. I want to say that that's it. I don't think that they've revealed it yet, but I want to say that's it. So I think that that's going to be the segue and everything and why she was sort of brought up and is important. Gotcha. I thought he was just like that was his awakening for women. Uh, It probably was for women, but also uh, he was thinking very much of that fight was boring. What can I do to get to the next thing? And he sees the cursed spirit around her as she yells out, which I think is what's going to lead him into Jujutsu Sorcery. Yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, but then it goes back to the present. Toto says that he's going to unleash his technique and Itadori is like, oh, are you sure you should do that right now? I don't know what the hell you're going to do. He's like, I need you to do two things. I need you to believe in me and don't stop. And Itadori is like, that's two things, but okay. Uh, <laughs> which I love that he has like all this wisdom and everything, but then he just flubs on some smaller things that makes him seem like a little bit of an idiot as well. Well, he has a 350,000 IQ. Yeah, the 530,000 IQ. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Man, my dyslexic ass 530,000 IQ. <laughs> and then it said what in small letters? It was like self-proclaimed. Yeah, self-proclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he starts analyzing everything and he very much has the brain power for analyzing everything in the middle of combat and deciding what to make as a next best move. And I love that he's sort of a genius, but also an idiot at the same time. A savant. (laughs) An absolute (laughs) idiot savant. But they start charging at Hanami, and then he claps his hands as some stuff is about to impale him. And him and Hanami swap places. And for a second, it got you because you didn't know what the technique was yet. But this was your reaction as he was about to be impaled. Did Toto just pop? Oh, he did the switcheroo. I love that you called it the switcheroo because he calls it the boogie woogie. (laughs) That is so much better than the switcheroo. (laughs) But that it, uh, you know, they start kicking the shit out of Hanami, just 
flipping back and forth, uh, switching around and everything. So she doesn't know where the next blow is coming from because they're so different. I think in stature is what she says. He's massive and Ichidori is a little bit smaller. Yeah. And <laughs> it's great. I love it. They start showing Toto's faces in the background. and He is enjoying himself so much with the claps. <laughs> but so is Hanami. Hanami's just having a good time getting their shit rocked. Yeah. And, you know, verge of death at some points and it's still like yeah this is pretty great i'm loving it <laughs> yeah and speaking of her getting her shit rocked she sort of starts adapting to figuring out or like anticipating i think she starts attacking before the clap happens and starts building on that so they throw her off again a little bit and as that happens is when Itadori starts doing his black flashes back to back to back to back. He hits four in a row tying Nanami, who is a sorcerer that is much higher in grade than he is, and just beats the shit out of her. As they start doing that, uh, she sort of backs up and she starts panicking a little bit. She's like, oh, this might actually not end well for me after sustaining that much damage. Uh, makes this huge ball of those piranha plant things and start shooting them at both Toto and Itadori as they're running at Hanami. They both brace themselves and then Toto swaps Hanami and Itadori's locations, saving Itadori. And there's this nice moment where Itadori realizes that Toto is essentially sacrificing himself for him. And he's like, oh, he's not so bad. Because he's his best friend. My new best friend. My new best friend. So they have that nice little moment. And then Toto cuts his cursed energy after having a little one-on-one -on -one with Takana inside of his brain. Uh, realizing that these things feed off of cursed energy, he drops it to zero. So they just bounce right off of him. And then they continue fighting Hanami, getting to a part in the river where the cursed tool that uh, Maki was using is still in the riverbed. He swaps Itadori with the tool, grabs it, and then hits Hanami back and actually does some nice damage, which is great. I do like that Itadori is like, did, you, did I switch places with a fish? Yeah, the cursed fish. The cursed <laughs> fish. Because as Fushiguro was being carried away by uh, Panda, he told Toto, like, hey, this thing's in the water. Use it. Yeah. And use it, he does. Absolutely. He uses it so much that Hanami is like, you know, it's time to stop fucking around. I'm getting my shit rocked. It's just her and Toto. And she puts her uh, arm that was unveiled that has a rosebud on it down to the ground and starts absorbing the life force of the trees, grass and plants and everything in nature around her to start healing herself up. And also to then start channeling energy into this rosebud. Uh, it starts to open up and your favorite thing happens. It is not, um, it is not my favorite thing. <laughs> it uh, starts opening up and you see in the middle a lovely eyeball. And this was your reaction. Not the eyes again. Not eyes again. <laughs> Please no. Because <laughs> what's Jujutsu Kaisen? Uh, without oh, too many more eyes. freaky eyes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that takes up the entire screen. The whole screen. You were like, Ugh. and then the next shot is literally the entire screen. is just that eyeball fully awo awakened, awakened and everything. Awoken. Hashtag is, woke. 
here is the part that really kills me and i will send it to you right now because mm-hmm. as we're as we're talking and discussing everything um i'm kind of going through like the screenshots of the episode mm-hmm. so that i can remember like oh hey this happened here and this happened here so i don't get too ahead yeah. of myself and i just sent it to you on snapchat this is the <laughs> the part that the sleepy eyeball the sleepy eyeball is taking up like my entire screen right now and i'm fast forwarding so quick to get away from it you can't escape kaizen will never let it happen it's so uncomfortable it's great i love it Mostly just because of how it makes you feel. Uh, <laughs> God. <I>, mm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Hanami starts gearing up this shot and everything, making it essentially this big beam that's going to happen or this huge power move. And then as they're gearing up for that, Gojo breaks the veil and you just sort of see him floating up in the air with his beautiful blue eyes exposed and everything. God damn. And then it goes from there to back to the principal with the guitar fighting against i'm just gonna call him the butcher because i don't think they actually ever name his name i was also thinking the butcher and then he plays a nice riff on the guitar it gets channeled into this cursed energy pushes him back and then gojo is up there he's like "Hmm, where should i start comes down to the area and uses his infinity to then twist so badly out of shape both arms and also both legs of this guy and looks over at the principal is like, Hey, you got this. Uh, here's a prisoner. Interrogate him. <laughs> the guy is so mad because when Gojo comes down, I believe his first response is like, hello, coat rack. Yeah. <laughs> like Gojo has no idea what that means. He's just more surprised to see a, uh, another cursed energy user. And then just cripples the man completely like beyond repair. From there. We also see Utahime gets ambushed by this guy who walks up and is, Blonde hair and everything. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. There uh, you are. Blonde hair and everything has this sword that has a hand in it as well. And he uses that in fighting because apparently his arm isn't super strong or anything. But he ambushes Ichihime. uh, And you have the reaction when he initially showed up of just. Who is this angry little lesbian? (laughs) And then he spoke. Yes. And as he's speaking, both Nabara and also May pop up. They sort of come to Utahime's rescue a little bit, just in outnumbering him. Uh, they start fighting amongst themselves, and he's like, wow, they have tempers. I don't like this. And Blondie winds up just running away from everyone, not actually doing anything the entire time. He was just more excited to have girls talking to him because that makes him popular. Yeah. <laughs> Priorities. Absolutely. Priorities. A little too straight. After that, it goes back to Gojo senses Hanami, fighting Toto in Itadori, and he just looks in that direction and goes, "Mm, they should be okay, I trust them. And he combines both his blue and his red technique into this purple, which is this huge ball of purple energy that just goes shooting out, wrecking everything in its path, including Hanami, who realizes, oh, I should be leaving, tries to run away, and to their knowledge, gets just completely wiped out. The ener- uh, the place that Hanami was in is completely destroyed from Gojo just being absolutely goaded. And this is your reaction to seeing Gojo's purple for the first time. What? Yeah, Gojo's goaded. Yeah. Will we see that again? Uh, his purple? Yeah. I don't think we do in 
this season. Okay. That Yeah. That makes sense. I feel like that's kind of a if you use it too much, you're jumping the shark. Yeah, he that's why some people say that he's overpowered, is because he does have that like huge finisher move that just messes everything up. Yeah, so what was your impression on uh Gojo and his whole purple thing? Do you think that like I know you said jumping the shark and everything. Do you think that he is too OP for having just that move? I don't think that just having that move makes him too OP because it's a very it's almost too destructive to be useful. Okay. Because Itadori was running to continue to fight Hanami. If Toto hadn't stopped him, it would have killed Itadori. Absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those things where you have to ensure that you're not going to have friendly fire. And it it's such a wide blast that, I mean, it made a canyon. Yes. Like, just full on throughout everything in the middle of the... I think it like goes through the campus and everything through the forest and then through where Hanami was just a couple of feet away from hitting both Toto and Itadori. Yeah, so it's it's not a it's not a close combat move. Not really. Like if, if you and you know if Gojo, Itadori, Nobara, and Fushiguro are in a room, it's not like you can just whip that out. No, not at all. And it's funny because I know that the creator of Jujutsu Kaisen has talked about how he sort of hates Gojo as a character because he's written himself into a little bit of a hole because he's like he has this ability where he has infinity where he can't even really get hit but he also has this super crazy technique that he can unleash to do massive damage as well and did I make him too overpowered how do I get around this how do I keep the stakes going if this person just doesn't actually have to worry about anything because of the way that I created them to just be that cool. Yeah. Oops. My mistake. I made an absolute badass. Yeah. Good mistakes to have, but I could see, I can see how it's an issue. Yeah. I can see how it could be an issue as well. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, he does that. They presume that everything is all done and they're like, Hmm, everyone's gone. Weird. And they sort of show Mahito back at the Tokyo campus. It closes on him having transfigured the two guards standing by, and it shows him with one of Sukuna's fingers and everything uh, walking out. So it gets hinted at that that was not their original ploy, which then gets further explained in the next episode, which will bring us to episode 21. 21. 21. In this episode, we find out that Hanami survived and uh, learned the true intentions behind the attacks. The adults of the Jujutsu Academy speculate about the attack until the exchange event concludes with them being on a united front while the kids play baseball, which was a thing that I was trying to make sure that you were keeping an eye out in the opener because it took you a couple to spot Ichidori winding up with the baseball bat and everything on the baseball field. And you're a fan of baseball. I am. So I was very excited to see how you would see that as being the conclusion of the whole Kyoto exchange event. So what I need to realize going forward is that everything in the intro serves a purpose. Correct. Because my thought was much like with the guitar at the end, like I never brought it up. 
I saw you it every it was just time. Fun flavor. I thought it was just fun flavor, like a little bit of filler. However, I did not think that we would actually get a baseball game. Yeah, everything is deliberate. Just like in the uh, season one opener, how there's like, again, them showing them all together with Junpei and that like lovely tableau, and then it glitches, and then it goes to Sukuna and Red and Death and everything. It's like, oh, so it's sort of like that fake out and everything. So in a lot of anime openers, there's tons of spoilers and everything so you can but almost you dissect what's going to happen spoilers yeah which i think is why the music has to be so good to distract you from fully breaking down and analyzing everything man if only <laughs> the first half of the season had taken that note yeah weird <laughs> weird yeah but uh it opens up with hanami crawling out of the ground into this like sort of cavern below where blondie is uh missing an arm very very messed up blondie turns around Pulls out a sword like, oh, since you're messed up, I can just finish you. And Mahito Shuffle is like, no, 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 don't get ahead of yourself. Just because you're a cursed user and everything, don't think that you have the right to take away anything from a cursed spirit and sort of talks him out of it. We then get a flashback of Gato briefing all of them on their mission. And during that, we find out that the true target of everything was to keep Gojo away from Jujutsu Academy so that way Mahito could sneak in get through the borders and everything, find the six fingers of Sukuna that uh, Jutsu Academy Tokyo had, and also three of the Cursed Womb death paintings. So that way they could use that later on down the line because they're trying to keep everything hidden and sort of a little smoke and mirrors like, hey, look over here while we do this. So that way they can pull out all the stops in the future episodes uh, everything sort of leading up to this Halloween in Shibuya, which is actually what the current season, season two, is starting to focus around as well. So everything is sort of coming to fruition, and you very much picked up on it that everything is going to be popping off. And it's funny because with everything happening with season two, which is taking care of the Shibuya arc, which all this again is leading up to, the actual mayor of Japan has announced that they will be closing down the Shibuya station uh, for Halloween because with everything coming out with season two, they're expecting people to just be crazy and everything like that. They're worried about back when the Dark Knight came out and there were like the people who were dressing as a Joker and going to movie theaters uh, armed and everything. They're worried about something like that happening. Was that because, a thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Was it really? Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. The places that they're referencing, like, Kyoto, Tokyo, obviously real places. Shibuya, they show it, uh, I believe, in season two. They might show it once in season one. But it is very much a real place that you can go to. They have their whole thing. It's almost it looks almost like a little bit like Times Square. And even on TikTok, I've seen uh, there's a part where Sukuru and uh, or Gojo and Gato are talking in season two two in the first five episodes and people have gone to that very street and they hold up the thing right next to the frame for frame and the animators did their freaking homework when they were writing everything down and fully illustrating everything because it looks so good and so accurate to it but i understand why he's nervous because season two is supposed to pop off and especially with it being on halloween of all days it's going to be crazy over there yeah it it's gonna be i don't i don't know what to expect which is good i feel like they still haven't like clued everything in yet yeah like they they're they're being i guess just super vague 
as mm-hmm. they should be it you know that's the the building of the suspension yeah they're not playing their hand too early correct and i i'm i, I i'm trying to from what i've seen put everything together of like maybe it'll be this maybe it'll be that i can't there mm-hmm. there's nothing i can think of where i'm like you know what i think it, i i'm 90 percent sure it's gonna be this which is gonna make predictions great for you yeah because those are going great yeah uh, so also, great so far. i implore you please check your snapchat of what i sent you while oh, you god. were talking about that oh god jojo siwa <laughs> as <laughs> blondie blondie, Jujutsu Kaisen. blondie is just jojo siwa with the ponytail <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah all the good guys start talking about everything that happened during the exchange event uh they're all together in a room gojo uh utahime all of them and they sort of realize that hey we didn't learn anything from this at all other than there's still somebody that's potentially leaking stuff and the reason that they could get in is because there was a nature spirit which apparently Tengen is is it has like eternal life is the technique but not eternal youth uh, and that gets explored later in season two, but is responsible for all the barriers around the school and different veils and everything that get cast down. And the reason they were able to get in is because it goes against curses and uh, cursed users, but not exactly nature itself, because it's tough to keep nature out. So that's how Hanami was able to get in and sort of start the infiltration process. They go from that into announcing the next part of the Kyoto exchange event leading into the second day, which is usually individual battles, but each principal puts in a certain thing. It's not limited to special battles. Gojo talks to them all. It's like, hey, do you guys want to continue or how are we feeling? Because people just died. So how you doing? And Toto pipes up and he's like, well, I think that we just keep on going because out of their memory, we should keep on going. But also... I wasn't attached to anything. I'm not going to grieve over someone that I didn't actually know. Yeah, he says what it's not moral. It's not fair to the families and those who know uh, the people to mourn. If yeah, to if fake you, like you knew yeah, them. Yeah, to fake like you knew them. Which I mean, uh, correct. Very, very correct. Yeah, very correct. <laughs> yeah, and so they sort of announce uh, by drawing something out of a box. That the next thing is going to be baseball, which both of the principals are like, I didn't put that <laughs> in. Start I didn't put that in. And then it just says Gojo laughing and walking out and you're like, ah, it's great. I love that he just has zero respect for authority throughout all of it. Yeah, it's he he doesn't seem to really care for tradition. Oh, no, not at all. He just says, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we also get to see Fujiguro's recovery. Him, um, Itadori, and Nobara sharing some pizza. God, that looks so good. Anime food is just the best. It looks so good. Mm-hmm. Every time. But yeah, they're recovering, they're talking, and then Fujiguro and Itadori have this moment of like, hey, you've gotten stronger, awesome. I've also gotten stronger. Let's both stick to our convictions and do our best. And they're like smiling and nodding along. It shows Nobara, Itadori, and Fujiguro, and then all of a sudden, Toto is also at the foot of the bed as well. Uh, <laughs> God, still dear. very much living in the fantasy of like we've been best friends since middle school, and chases Ichidori around <laughs> Tokyo. I didn't Jujutsu even high. go to middle school with you. <laughs> yeah, but we go from that into the 
baseball game, which every time somebody goes up to bat or it has like a shot of them, it has a little funny thing in the corner. And for some reason, Mangoes gets focused on a lot, oh, but I love it. Miwa goes, a, co- a whole bunch of other people go. Maki hits like a home run that then Momo flies up and catches, uh, making her out, which, you know, cheating and all that, but whatever. But I think the two most important things that happen are Kamo has a talk with Ichidori where he asks him why he became a Jujutsu sorcerer. And Ichidori is like, well, first, I figured that it was this way because my grandpa told me to. But now I have my own reasoning behind it, and I want to become stronger to protect those who are weaker than me. And that sort of resonates with Kamo, where he realizes, like, oh, maybe this guy isn't such a bad guy. Because earlier, Kamo revealed that he, like, he had the same idea of, I just gotta kill Itadori because he's a bad, not even person, just a bad thing that shouldn't exist. Couldn't see him for anything other than Sukuna. And he sort of has like this 180 where he gets so profoundly caught up in his thoughts that Maki throws three balls and he doesn't even swing. So he strikes out right at the plate. Uh, what did you think of that little thing of like potentially Kamo having a turnaround? So I don't know if I fully trust it because mm-hmm. he's still, I mean, he's still the bootlicker and the principal still, still does not like him. Or like Itadori, that is. So I I feel like it's going to be a weird thing of allegiance where he he knows Itadori isn't actually a bad guy, but he's still like, well, this is what they told me to do, so I'm just going to do it and kill him. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going for it. But I do like that he just struck out looking, didn't even swing to that once. Yeah. And then the Tokyo school goes to bat. Nekamaru is the pitcher because his body was completely destroyed. They literally just put a post-it note and write Nekamaru on a pitching machine and use that, which comedy gold right there. Wait, hold on. This is the part where Mm -hmm. I'm going to sound really dumb. Was that not actually anything having to do with Nekamaru? No, not at all. That was just straight (laughs) up a pitching machine? It was just a pitching machine. Oh my And it had like Nakamaru painted on it. You can see that the paint was still like runny because it wasn't fully dried yet. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when Maki almost does her home run thing. And then it switches back. Maki is back pitching. Well, because Miwa caught it on the broom, didn't she? Oh, Momo, yeah. She catches it out of the sky. So I'm looking at the facts right now. The the, like when they go up to bat because... Because honestly, they went by really quick and I could not read them that fast. Oh, very quick. But it's great because Inumaki's is prefers bread for breakfast, likes it with ham, cheese, and a little bit of Tabasco. And I'm like, you know what? Nice. Relatable. We're, we're just putting in these actual random things. Yeah, like Itadori's is like, he prefers this type of ramen, but he poops a lot the next day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whose was it? Oh, Pandas uh, wants to punch a zebra someday. Yeah. <laughs> But the best one of all of them was Toto's. What was his? Won I can't the, remember. Won the middle school nationals with Itadori. Itadori denies this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that it shows it as he's stepping up to the plate. Yeah. And then he starts talking about like, of course, you're the catcher. You're commanding of the entire field. Although I would have rather have had you as the pitcher. And then he's I like, bet well, he you would. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Any reference to their relationship or no, anything like not that. At all. But as he's having like this bro out moment and this very, I'm so excited. I'm proud of you for doing all this. And I can't wait to face you again. As he's in the middle of like that little speech, Maki beams him in the side of the face with a baseball and Toto goes down. 
And as he's down and Ichidori is like, are you okay? Everyone just good, chimes in with good like, pitch. Pitch. good pitch. Good pitch. Nice job, Maki. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just has so much hate for Toto. <laughs> and you have so much love that this was your reaction. How can you be hating on my mans? They don't need to be hating on him. But no, they, they just don't. keep doing. <laughs> they really do. Poor guy. Poor fucking guy. Yeah. But uh, it goes from that to the principals both talking them sort of getting on the same page of like do you still want to kill itadori do you honestly hate him and the teacher and the other principals like i don't i see how he can be useful i see that he's powerful and strong and if he's on our team that's great but the fact that he has that energy and he can still switch into sukuna and sukuna then has power to that energy as well uh, he's still a huge threat that we need to be careful of. So I won't try to continuously kill him, but we need to keep an eye on him. And they sort of make a metaphor or just they're looking at these ants going by and very much about how the colony works together and everything. And as he's doing that, Gojo just walks by laughing and steps all over the whole trail of ants, uh, freaking both of the principals out. <laughs> they were so salty. They were not happy about it. No, but he's got that infinity. He does. So, so we didn't actually kill them. He did not crush <laughs> them. They did not go squish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Peter doesn't need to come after him. It's all good. Thank God. Those mm-hmm. people are ruthless. <laughs> yeah, but then it goes from that to Itadori at bat who hits a home run. Momo's not able to fly up to it in time. And so it ends with, against your prediction, Tokyo winning the whole exchange event because they win the second day. 2-0 in the baseball event. Because Itadori goes full fucking Shohei Otani. Going back to the predictions that you had in between Toto and Itadori, who would win the fight, I think that you said that Gojo was going to have to step in and I that did. Toto would <laughs> somehow disqualify himself or something like that. Slightly wrong. I don't know what you're talking about. All of my yeah. predictions were 100% correct. Yeah, and then Kamo and Fushiguro. I think you said that Kamo wins? Yes, I thought he was going to just decimate Fushiguro. Uh-huh, which it is revealed that he was holding back when he was fighting Fushiguro, but stuff happens. Stuff instead. happens. A little bit of things, nothing major. Yeah, Kyoto loses, Tokyo wins, uh, and then we still do not know who the spy is. After watching and seeing, actually getting to know more of these other characters. Earlier you said Kamo or Mekamaru. Do you still stand by that? Or are you switching your predictions? Or do you have no clue? I I think I'm going to stand with Mekamaru. Okay. Because Mekamaru is a salty little bitch. <laughs> um, who, I, I mean, I get it, bro. I hate getting left out too. But like... That moon burn. That moon burn. I think he just really, uh, I, I think he's got a lot of built up spite. Because even yes. after his heart to heart with Panda. Mm-hmm. He's he, still angry. He's still like, you may have made several good points and we may have had this wonderful bonding experience. But do in fact go fuck yourself <laughs> because you are not real and I will never see you as real. So I'm going to I'm going to stand with him. Gonna stick with Mekamaru. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I guess that'll be the one prediction that we keep with. And and I'm sticking with it. Yeah. And that's where we'll end those. We'll pick up next week with episodes 22, 23, and 24, finishing, finishing season, season one. Yeah. Your first 
first one for the podcast. Yes, sir. Um, super, super fun. We get a little bit more of, like I was saying earlier, a little bit more Nobara, a little bit more Fushiguro in the next arc, which is going to be nice. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll get the next episode out in another week. Absolutely. Uh, we're still looking at weekly Wednesday releases every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Uh, on Spotify. It's and, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Yes, Eastern time on Spotify podcasts and also Apple podcasts or yeah, Apple podcasts. Yep. Google podcasts is apparently going to be taken down and moved over to YouTube music. I is think what they've just announced. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So once that happens, we'll make the switch and make everything available on there as well. But right now it's primarily just going to be Spotify and Apple podcast uh, in the meantime. Yeah. But yeah, you can but, reach out to us on our different socials. And I, yeah, you want to know what those socials are, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> on Instagram and TikTok, we are at WeBelongPod. And on Twitter, we are Weeb underscore along. So mm-hmm. please, 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 please feel free to comment on it. Let us know how you're enjoying the show so far. Um, avoid spoilers avoid so we still spoilers, get the authentic reaction. Please, <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the other thing? Make suggestions on what else we want to watch and uh, that you'd like to hear us sort of commentate on and discuss a little bit. Yeah, we um, we're looking at a bunch of different shows and kind of figuring out what we want to go for. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I do think we are going to watch Naruto. Yes. So that's that's going to be one of them. It's going to be great. Uh, If you could leave a review of the show, Mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, hopefully a good one. Uh, yeah, share with your friends if you enjoy the show yeah it's yeah. i feel like it's a fun thing to listen to with buddies yeah yeah um yeah. yeah yeah um we also are currently thinking about right now we're currently recording this on the 27th of september uh we're already thinking ahead to halloween yeah um thinking about potentially doing something special for that uh details to come in the future but if you think of a if you can think of a spooky anime movie that you've watched, uh, mm-hmm. let us know, because odds. I, I mean, I definitely haven't seen it. And odds are uh, John has not seen it. This is true. Uh, so hopefully there will be in the future a Halloween uh, special. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. I think that's going to. I think that sums it up. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys again so much for sticking with us. This is episode uh, five. Oh my god, already! Leave, yeah. So thank you again. No, so isn't much this for... six? No, this is six. Holy cow! This, yeah, is, this six. is six. We're really moving it's along. Happening. The trains are moving. The trains are chugging. Yeah, but again, thank you guys so much. Uh, we're seeing a little bit more activity on everything as the show is spreading a little bit, and it's nice seeing actual, you know stuff coming to fruition from our work and everything so thank you guys so much we will see you in the next episode again we'll get it out uh wednesday 11 a.m eastern time have a nice rest of your week we love you i love you guys i love you all love you so much